Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Green Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldsmith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Green Bar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. Billiken's win! Billiken's win! Now, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show. We are live at Cardinals Nation inside Ballpark Village, a special edition of Sports on a Sunday Morning. So special that Ollie Marmel and I were texting before the show, and he said, hey, where are you? And I said, Ballpark Village. He said, where exactly? And I said, I'm in Cardinals Nation restaurant. He said, oh. And he gave me uh, the indication that he could very well be coming over here. So we took a break, and we had the surprise, and he walked right in. Here he was. Ollie doing the show over here at the restaurant for a good 15 minutes was a fun surprise. Then we had Bob Nightingale of USA Today uh, talking trade deadline. Now, let me rephrase that. None of this is fun, and I'm going to say the same thing to John Mosaloc at 1130, but we're going to ask him questions that need to be answered about where they are right now, what happened with Nolan Arenado, all that stuff that happened over the last 24 hours. Uh, but none of this is fun necessarily, but it is the situation that the Cardinals are in. They are for a while now. I don't know how many times we had to say it. You could sit there and rattle off a win streak of 10 if you wanted. But I'm telling you honestly, in my heart and probably in yours, the Cardinals were going to be one of the 29 teams disappointed at the end of the year. They could have gone on a tear as bad as this division was, and maybe it starts to fall back to you a little bit, and maybe you pull off some of that 2011 magic or 06 where they – snuck in at the last moment that was more of a collapse where they snuck in at the last moment and then took off and won the championship but more than likely even if you got into the postseason it's going to be a quick exit with the staff that they have assembled and it's just is what it is so the cardinals are going to try to make sure that that does not happen again and this is not going to be an easy task i mean they are trading presumably jordan montgomery and jack flaherty two really good starters that they actually could use for the future but they're both going to be free agents and if the cardinals engage either of them in talks about an extension not they have not come to fruition and montgomery should be testing the market and it was expected that he would his agent scott boris and montgomery is going to look in the offseason and get paid top dollar for a relatively young left-handed strong pitcher flaherty has a little more of an injury history and inconsistency to his name, but still somebody who can get you five, six, maybe seven innings and be a solid pitcher for you here down the stretch. He's going to be very attractive to a contender to join their rotation and be a big part of what they do. So we're prepared for that here, but the big question is how do you replace those two and who else joins because there are three spots open. It's going to be next year Michaelis and Matts are the two under contract. Wainwright's retiring. 
and in the minor leagues, nobody has emerged as the next person for 2024. Not even Matthew Libertor has shown that he can be the guy to just join that rotation. I think the Cardinals have been down this road once already, and I'm pretty sure John Mosellock's going to echo this, is that they tried to go internal with a replacement for Adam Wainwright, and it did not work. Jake Woodford, Matthew Libertor, and whoever you're throwing out there, they're not ready for that. So it's time to reload with big, big prospects who are ready to break through next year. You'd love to get a major league pitcher right now, but as Bob Nightingale just told us, that's not realistic because no team who's contending is going to give you somebody that could help them win a pennant. So you're going after prospects here and then hoping. Gordon Graceffo, like him a lot. I mean, he's good, but is he ready to take the next step just yet? It is a, it is a process. Zach Thompson, we don't know if he's a starter or a reliever. The Cardinals have used him in both roles this year, both here in St. Louis and in the minors. So there's still a lot to be said about what this pitching depth looks like. It has not gone the direction that they want, and so it's time to rock and roll here in the trade deadline. As disappointing as it is, 15 years of winning and now having to do this for the first time, the Cardinals have to do this, and they have to bear down and get this thing done. And it is not going to be the prettiest sometimes, I think, uh, but it is going to happen. This is going to be a busy trade deadline over the next two days. We'll have a special tomorrow night between 6 and 8, and we will have updates throughout the day on KMOX on Tuesday leading up to the 5 o'clock central deadline. But quite honestly, a deal could happen at any moment. I mean, we're sitting here on Sunday. We just saw Max Scherzer get traded to the Rangers. So that could set off a lot of stuff. We will keep an eye on it. We do have John Mosellock joining us live at 1130 to talk more about it. We're going to take a quick break. We're here, Cardinals and Cubs, Hendricks against Mats at 115. When we come back, we are expected to be joined by Lutz Fannensteel, but because they have some time off here, I just want to prepare you for the fact that we may come back and talk baseball, which I'm not sure will disappoint anybody. But I just want to get you ready just in case he is not able to join us at 11.15, although he's been pretty money in that spot. Mo at 11.30. We'll catch up with Joe Pott before we go and get him see what's gone his plate for the network pregame at 12.20, first pitch. We're at Cardinals Nation inside Ballpark Village. It's sports on a Sunday morning sponsored by Graybar. Welcome back to the Graybar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show. It is 11-16. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX is indeed sponsored by Graybar. We are the home of the Cardinals. We're the home of the Billikens. And we are the home of St. Louis City SC on Y98 FM, and we carry their games. And in the most recent halftime, we had a terrific interview about a terrific event that is coming to City Park, and here is Brian McBride. We've already had a rivalry week in the MLS, but there is another rivalry coming our way Saturday, September 2nd, right here in St. Louis at City Park. It's a historic one in NCAA Division I men's soccer, where the Slew Billikens and the SIUE Cougars will meet to compete for the bronze boot. Here to talk about it is a very special guest, Brian McBride. Brian, thanks for your time. Pleasure, Jen. Thanks for having me. Brian, so many bullets about your time on the pitch as one of the most decorated players in U.S. soccer history. Just to name a few, uh, 95 caps as a striker for the U.S. men's national team, playing in three World Cups and later their general manager, professional experience in the MLS, EPL, 
and in the words of Mr. Soccer, Bill McDermott himself, still the ultimate forward for the USA, nobody better. Well, that's that's really nice. Um, <laughs> I appreciate the intro, and, and Bill always built me up to everybody, but, you know, Bill's been so good to everybody, and especially in St. Louis, but even outside of St. Louis, uh, everybody knows Bill and his knowledge and just his overall joy of talking soccer, whether it's stories or it's presenting. He's one of the best. Well, I know you played as a Billiken in the early 90s for the Bronze Boot, a competition dating back to 1969. Tell me, what's the big deal about the Bronze Boot? Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's really interesting coming from Chicago. I was already a little bit of an outsider and not understanding fully. You know, thankfully, when I was a freshman, we had a group of seniors that were just every bit as leaders, great athletes, great soccer players, and sort of let me know what this game represented. And I was like, okay, it's a rival, <laughs> you know. And so I got my first taste of it. Our first one was away at SIUE, and it was packed. The stands were packed. The game was intense. You know, leading up to what I began to figure out is this, this was just basically a rivalry match between St. Louis players against St. Louis players. Kind so of in a way, right? That's a little weird yeah. to think about it that way. It was crazy. So they all knew each other. They played against each other growing up. It was a high quality game, but it was also the most intense game. It was a great introduction to it. You know, I, I got the background from our seniors and then got a chance to play in that first one. And it was, you know, everything you could ever imagine it being more meaningful than just a regular game and a lot of fun to play in. Did you win? We did win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I think it was close, though. So then uh, we celebrated a bit. I recommend if it's the same trophy, do not drink out of the shoe. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's not fully covered in gold. Sanitary. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, the bronze boot game has been played at, you know, different venues from college campuses to soccer park and even Bush Stadium. But this year, college players get to compete on a pro-level pitch in a soccer-specific stadium right here at City Park. Yeah, you know, from personal experience, the first time you walk into a soccer-specific stadium, it gives you a feel of, wow, this is what it's supposed to be like. The locker rooms are going to be first class. The field itself is going to be perfectly smooth. The grass is going to be cut at the perfect length. And I know Slew's field is of that quality, especially with the new addition behind, but you get everything else. You know, the, the stadium itself has all the amenities you have a warm-up area inside. You're going to have larger athletic trainer area. And it, it almost it makes you feel this greater desire to try and get to that level. And for that moment, you are there and you get to enjoy that part of the game. And then walking onto the, the field, again, you're going to get the same emotion where, you know, the lights are different. Now you got all these different LED lights that sync together. And it just gives you a taste of what the professional life is like. For college fans who haven't necessarily been to professional games, I think it also gives just this better atmosphere. They're built specifically for the noise resonating, the sight lines being perfect. It should be a really, really fun game to go to and also for the players to get a little taste of what it is to be playing on a professional field. You know, and I kind of imagine that attraction of fans, the kind of fans that want to come to this game could look a little different as well. Definitely. I would imagine that would be the case, you know, because you can make a day of it. You can have that sort of tailgate experience. It's also a, a good way to introduce people who haven't gone to a St. Louis City game. I think you get reciprocal benefits on both sides and hopefully, you know, we get a lot more fans of St. Louis University after this game. St. Louis City SC has a new president and general manager, Diego 
Fernando Gigliani. You know, he has said he's not only focused on growing St. Louis City soccer, but also soccer as a sport around the United States. And I'm thinking that hosting competitions like the Bronze Boot could help in a grassroots sort of way toward that effort. Yeah, if you can build in depth rather than just linear, you're always going to have more fans to pull from. So it makes good sense. And you have students that now can both make it to the game and have an experience that is, again, a top class experience. Well, speaking of building soccer, the Women's World Cup now in full swing and the sport for women's soccer has continued in growth, not only here in the U.S., but around the world. For sure. Having been the, the general manager of the men's team, I worked you know, very closely with Kate, who's the general manager for the women's. And the growth of the game is so important. And we talk about reciprocal growth from you know, grassroots upwards on the men's side. For the women's side, it's the same. And I think there's a real understanding of how they need to get there, knowing that, you you know, everybody knows that the U.S. women are being pushed because now the infrastructure for women all across the world is getting better and better. And that's only going to help the game. My youngest plays, she just moved to FC United's GA team. So there's an infrastructure and understanding of where you need to be and if you have goals and insights. And I think that is only going to help. It's still a little fractured with two different you know, main properties in ECNL and GA. But the more we can get under one sort of pyramid going forward, the better it's going to be. But at least there is this greater availability for women's soccer, girls playing as they're growing up to just continue to get better, but also play against the best players. And it's exciting and really, really hope the women can pull the three-peat off. It'd be a lot of fun to see. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Brian McBride, U.S. soccer icon, thanks for your time and keep being an ambassador for the beautiful game. We really appreciate you. I appreciate it. All right, Jennifer Cease with a terrific interview there with Brian McBride, and that is exciting that that event will be coming to City Park, a great soccer tradition here in this region, and City Park is going to be the epicenter of soccer. I would not expect any concerts at City Park. Yeah, that is a beautiful pitch. That grass is spectacular. They do not want people stomping on the grass. I wouldn't anticipate anything there for the moment other than soccer or football, depending on where you come from. Not American football. That is a definite no-no. We're not going to have the 300-pounders stomping all over the field. Uh, but what a beautiful, beautiful facility it is. It really is. Can't wait to get back there for City when they take on Austin on August 20th. First place City, as a matter of fact. The Cardinals are in last place in the National League Central. They're 11 and a half games out of first. Here come the Cubs now. They're three and a half out. They've won eight in a row. They're playing today here at Busch Stadium against the Cardinals. 115 start for that one. I wanted, before we talk to John Moselock here at 1130, and we appreciate him joining us, Ali Marmel joined us last hour from this restaurant, actually. He walked over, so they continue to reach out and do interviews. Uh, there has been some movement in the last 12 hours here in baseball, in case you have not heard. Uh, Max Scherzer is on the move. He is going to the Texas Rangers. The Mets sent Scherzer and $36 million to Texas. In exchange for a prospect, Luis Angel Acuna, Acuna, I think that's how you pronounce his first name. Uh, he is Ronald Acuna Jr.'s brother. And Scherzer is going to Texas. Now, he's reunited with Mike Maddox. Mad Dog was his pitching coach in Washington. And so the two are going to try to win a world championship in Texas with Bruce Bochy. I wouldn't put it past them. It's a good Texas team. Certainly with Scherzer, they add some of that experience and toughness. Uh, the Mets also traded David Robertson to the Marlins, so clearly they're sellers. Who's next? you got to think Justin Verlander. 
at some point. He is $43.33 million is what he's owed next year. 43.3. He has a $35 million vesting player option for 2025. So what will Steve Cohen do there? Will they hold on to Verlander or will they deal him too? Uh, By the way, the Rangers are going to pay Scherzer. So he exercised his option for next year, 43.3 for Scherzer. So he's going to be in Texas through the end of next season. This is not a rental. He is coming to Arlington and will play the next season as well. $22.5 million of the roughly $59.9 million he's owed because, again, the Mets are picking up $36 million of that deal to get Scherzer over to Texas. That is really something. It's 11:26 coming up on 11:27 on Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have the president of baseball operations, John Mosellock, along with us live. We're going to talk to Joe Pott, who is our network host. More Cardinal baseball following that. We'll sort of rehash what we heard from Mosellock and get into Cardinals pregame, Cards and Cubs today at 1:15. Bob Nightingale also joined us and talked a lot of sense, I thought, at the trade deadline. Really good stuff back at 10.30 if you want to go back and listen to that. Back in a moment from Ballpark Village, Cardinals Nation on KMOX. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show. Coming to you live from Cardinals Nation inside Ballpark Village. Tom Ackerman indeed with you and joined by the Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock. Mo, we had Ollie Marmel came over and joined us in the restaurant last hour. I thought that was a nice little touch. I should have extended the invitation to you, although Ollie uh, did it on his own. That was a nice thing for him to do. Well, I'm a little busy right now, Tommy, <laughs> so I probably um, would not have come over anyway. But Yes. Uh, Nice to know in the future. Yes, I'm very aware of that. Uh, your phone, obviously, is a very busy piece of equipment right now. Uh, can I, we start with this? Can you please explain what happened recently with Nolan Arenado, these persistent rumors about the Cardinals talking to the Dodgers about a trade? Yeah, I'm not going to get into specifics of, of players or teams. Um, where rumors come from, I obviously have no idea, or nor do I control but the reality is, is you know, we've never had any intentions of trying to, to move any of our, our, our key players that we have under control. So, um, you know, we, we believe this team has a chance to still be good in the future. I think the way we're going to approach the, the trade deadline is, is trying to acquire future talent and, and try to position ourselves for future success. And, um, you know, in terms of what this roster what our roster will look like in, in 2024 is still to be determined. Um, obviously, there's a lot of moving parts, but you look at our current team, we're not happy with, with how this year is un, un, unfolded. Um, obviously, we're not playing well. We're not performing at the level we had hoped. And, um, you, you know, this is all about positioning ourselves for future success at this point. Certainly, and uh, understand that, and we'll talk about that. I know that you released a written statement last night to a few. I'm not sure how many received that, but that it was pretty much laid out there. You're not going to trade him. Uh, why did you decide to do it then, and, and why not earlier when those uh, rumors were circulating like they were? Well, because if I address every rumor every time, then I have no strategy. I have no plan. 
Um, I, again, I can't control what people write or say. Um, I, I can only uh, uh, try to do my job. And, and so if I react to every rumor out there, um, I don't think I'm using my time wisely. And, and number two, why I put a statement out there last year was because I was being accused of not, uh, of not being available. Um, but the fact is, you know, no one really asked me anyway. So um, I felt like just getting something out there might just help clear the air. And so that's why we were moving on. I appreciate it. And, and thank you again for making yourself available on these Sundays. Have you spoken with Nolan about this? Yeah, I met with him yesterday, and uh, he understands where we are. And from that standpoint, we know it's going to be a, a tough couple months because there's going to be some subtractions from this club uh, for the last couple months. But, you know, we still hope that we can find ways to win. We still hope we're going to be an entertaining club. And, and, but most importantly, we hope we're positioning ourselves for future success. I'm assuming you can say the same thing about Paul Goldschmidt at this point. Well, you kind of have. You said that you didn't have intent to trade him either. That's correct. Uh, in case of your pitchers with expiring contracts, and it, there was also the report that was flowing about Jordan Hicks, uh, about contract extension discussions with him. I saw a quote that you said that's something that kind of makes me – it's uncomfortable to talk about because, well, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm doing something right now. Or something along those lines. Is there anything you can say about Jordan Hicks and, and that, what happened? No, not really. Uh, I don't publicly discuss what happens behind the scenes. Um, I know that doesn't make for great radio. I know that doesn't make for great print. Um, but reality is, is there's a lot of things that happen between teams and players that we just don't publicize. And, and I think – you know, it's a very slippery slope or a dangerous slope if we start getting into that. And um, I'm not going to go down that path. Uh, obviously, there's there's players with expiring contracts right now. And as I stated earlier, we're trying to position our organization for future success. How we go about that, I think the next 72 hours will be very telling. Uh, I understand. And those players, we, we, we know who those players are with expiring contracts. We, you're not going to address them uh, by name, so we'll, we'll, but we can pretty much say who they are. How do you determine, John, value for a rental player in this market, let's say? Uh, I, I know none of this is fun. I mean, you're, you're on the side of this trade market for the first time in 15-plus years, but it's a different walk uh, for you in your front office. Yeah, first time in my career, my 30th year. Um, you know, I think that that's, that's the challenge is, is trying to understand how we get the highest return on these things. And it, it really takes trying to identify a team that has a desire to, to sort of meet our expectations. Now, you know, look, there's still three days left in the trading deadline. Maybe those, those lines move. Um, our requests may change, but, you know, I think like, Right now, we feel like we have some pieces that could help some clubs, and I think we're just going to try to leverage that as best we can. What are you looking for? I mean, can you answer that? Are you looking for prospects who are close? Are you looking for major league-ready pitchers, a combination? Um, I would say that I don't want to pigeonhole ourselves into just saying one thing, but I mean, I think I'm stating the obvious. We need to add pitching depth. So... Um, it's not uncommon for me to be on a phone with an opposing team saying pitching, pitching, pitching. Um, we do like our core position players. We do like the depth we have with our position players. 
but we know we need to, to strengthen our pitching. I guess the other big question you have to answer is how did we get here? You know, I mean, several months ago, the organization seemed content with the rotation. What changed, and what do you think has to change in evaluating your pitching situation? Well, I think injuries affected us from day one. Uh, lost Adam Wainwright at the end of spring training. I think uh, Miles Michaelis going into the season wasn't um, as, as prepared as normal because he didn't have a normal spring training. So when you think about how we have to do things differently, I think we just have to make sure we have enough depth going into 2024 that we have confidence in. And, you know, we talk a lot about rotation, but also bullpen. What are you doing to bulk up this bullpen? Actually, let me ask it this way. Do you think that there is an over-reliance on analytics, statistical analysis, or is it worth tweaking that system to examine a different set of numbers? For example, strikeout rate versus ground ball rate, something along those lines. Well, I think uh, um, it's a fair question. I don't think there's one right answer. I mean, obviously we've had a lot of success over the last decade or so focused on you know pitching to contact. I think the league as a whole has, has changed more to a more swing and miss model. But you know, finding that right balance is something that we will look at. I know that I mentioned it's not fun for anyone, certainly not the fans. I sure you, I'm sure you understand that. Big crowds at Bush Stadium over the weekend, hard for them to watch the Cubs go on a run right in front of them. How in tune are you with the fan base and their state of disgruntlement, let's say, and do you read what they have to say? Um, I don't really read it, but I'm very aware. Um, I don't think you have to be that sophisticated to understand when you're having a losing season that – People aren't happy. Um, I don't think anybody's happy. I don't think ownership's happy. I don't think the front office is happy. I don't think our coaches are happy. I don't think our players are happy. And surely I think our fans are disappointed. But with that disappointment, there has to be some side of optimism. And, you know, how we can leverage the next couple days to create that, I think, is very important. But I wouldn't, like, end the statement right there. It's not period stop. What it is is, dot, 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 because then we have to look at how we can still improve this club this offseason, whether that's via trade or free agency. But I assure you, from the entire group I mentioned, we will be focused on trying to get back to winning. And I will wrap with this. Going back to Ollie being here, he did say, you know, I, I without going into specifics, because I know these conversations are private, but he speaks with you in the front office quite often. He seemed convinced that this is 2024 is coming and you're going to see that you don't have to go through this again as an organization can you tell us about those conversations just in general with with the field staff that you have well again i i don't think anybody is 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 happy with where we are and and that's stating the obvious so what we need to do is figure out a way to to get back to winning and the combination of things we did this year um, you know, if, if we want to point the finger at me and say it's, it's all my fault, that's fine. But the bigger thing is the reflection of how to avoid it in the future. And so we'll take a hard look at that, which we, we really have and already been through that process. And, and now we're just trying to make sure that we go into 2024 with the confidence that a team can compete and we have the depth in pitching that allows us to survive a 162. 
can't tell you how much I appreciate you spending these last 10 minutes with us. I know your time is valuable right now. Thank you for answering all of the questions and appreciate the information very much as always. All right, you bet. Thank you. Thank you. John Mosellock, president of baseball operations with us on KMOX. We covered a lot of ground there. Appreciate his time very much. We're coming up on 1140. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Joe Pot and I will talk it over as we get ready. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Ready for Cardinal baseball, the Cardinals and the Chicago Cubs from Bush Stadium. We're at Ballpark Village, Cardinals Nation, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Gray Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back. A very healthy conversation, I would say, with John Mosellock, president of Baseball Operations. Things are tough right now in the Cardinals organization. He is extremely busy trying to make it right, and I appreciate him taking the time and answering our questions here on KMOX. He always makes time for us as well. He's the sporting director for St. Louis City SC. Lutz Fan and Steel is with us. Lutz, we're here at Ballpark Village in front of a big crowd of Cardinals fans. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. I'm actually in Las Vegas today to uh, do some commentary on Borussia Dortmund against Manchester United this afternoon for ESPN before I'm heading back uh, later on today to St. Louis. Oh, that's good. You're great at that. Uh, do you enjoy that, uh, commentating and doing those kinds of things? Yeah, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a mix for me. I do. Um, I use it a lot to, to scout, to see uh, how things are done differently or how things are done bit of a benchmark in, in other countries or in the Bundesliga or in the Premier League uh, uh, in, in a scout. But also, uh, it sounds funny, but it really relaxes me of the, the normal day work to just actually watch a football game and uh, tell what I see and try to analyze what I see. So, it's, yeah, it, it, it's pretty good. Uh, it's good. I, I know I don't want to keep you too long because I know it's a busy time and uh, we have our pregame here coming up in just a little bit. But I wanted to ask you your impression of the League's Cup most recently with Club America. That's a great club that you took on. What did you observe coming out of that? You know, there is these games where you realize pretty quickly that you play against an opponent who is better than you, better than you that night. I think uh, that was uh, something very obvious, uh, but it 
something which not be played against the team, which is for me at the moment uh, the top team or one of the top three teams in the CONCACAF region. We played against the team who is around since many, many years. Uh, to be a top team is a massive tradition. Uh, these players playing together, uh, most of them, for, for three years uh, with very good additions in the last two years. And uh, most important, um, they basically played in, in, in MLS language with 11 DPs. Uh, so it, it's not just uh, the expectations, I think, need to be that we need to go back to reality, not just us as players or as staff, but also the fans. Uh, it's not that the Club America turns up in St. Louis and be going out there and just play them off the field. I mean, that is not going to happen very quickly. Uh, we need a great day. We need to catch them on a bad day. Then we have a chance. Apart from that, we are simply not there yet. And we simply cannot be there yet because we started seven months ago. And I think people start to forget that if you're winning a few games in the MLS, that things are just going on and going on and we get better from day to day and we can beat any team in the world. No, that's not the case. We need to know where we came from. We need to know what we're doing and we need to know where we stand and we need to know our goals. And that's a very, very clear way how we see it internally. And then I'm, uh, I would say, yeah, sometimes I'm, I'm surprised that expectations are going so far away from reality that uh, people just think Club America gets eaten alive in St. Louis. Well, I wish, to be honest, and it was uh, a challenge for us. We are uh, we saw where we still lack the quality, where we need to get better. That will not be fixed in 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 a week or not be fixed in, in in six months. That takes some time, and we need to grow. And it was great actually to to see how good the team of Club America was, and where we have areas to improve. Simple as that. Yeah, it's a great way to look at it, absolutely. Lutz Vanesteel is with us from Las Vegas. Uh, we spent a little more time with him before we go. I, I, looking forward now, what comes next for City? What is the plan as we get closer to August 20th? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, the, the Leeds Cup was, was a tough competition for us because with uh, Club America and um, Columbus, I think we got the, the most difficult group and um Obviously, we tried it hard to, to, to go through, and it, it didn't work. So, uh, in the end of the day, I think the players need now a bit of a rest. They, they got a few days off, and then uh, it goes back again to work on, on the details. Uh, the great news is that Joachim Nielsen played yesterday the first 45 competitive minutes in the second team in, in City 2 when they beat LAFC 4-2, and uh, he scored a goal. He, he did well. You know, it was a, a very nice way to see him back on the field. Uh, Klaus is uh, starting the school uh, training again uh, this week. So, in the end of the day, we have everybody everybody around now from, from the starting uh, lineup and from the day we started off. Plus, we have uh, Torresen coming in uh, pretty soon as well. So, I think uh, the competition within the players, within the squad, uh, is getting heated up again, which is great. And then we're working hard to be ready for August 20 and, yeah, try to, to pick up as many points in, in the last 11 league matches. Lutz, I appreciate it very much. Thank you for all of this and good luck today with the call. Have a great call and we'll see you when you get back in town and get you ready for that match against Austin. Great. Thank you so much.
Great to catch up with Lutz Fan and Steel. Never fails to join us here on Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX, as well as John Mosellock, who was just with us before that. We heard from Bob Nightingale, and we heard from Ollie Marmel, and now we hear from Joe Pott, our network host for Cardinals pregame, who will be with us on the way at 12.20, although I think you're going to do a little bit before that out of the noon news, won't you? Probably so. A little batting practice, I like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we just talked to John Mosellock for a while. I believe... It, in, in my mind, all the questions that I really wanted to get to him were asked. I, I asked them uh, pretty straightforward, and we covered a lot of ground. Let me just kind of recap a couple of things. One, I asked him about Nolan Arenado and that whole situation, and he said, I can't comment on players and teams, but I will say that when it comes to this specifically, uh, he basically said, you know, we've never had an intention of trading our cornerstone controllable players, basically. Uh, he also went on to talk a little bit more about Arenado himself. I asked, you know, why, why didn't you shut this down earlier? Why did you decide to shut it down when you did? And he said last night, you know, I was being accused of not talking. He goes, quite honestly, nobody asked me. Uh, but so I decided to put the statement out there. Um, he said, you know, I can't control where rumors come from, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he, then I asked him about Paul Goldschmidt. What about, I'm assuming that it's the same situation here. He said it is. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt basically telling us that he's not going to be traded either. Um, it, you know, it's an interesting situation here, Joe. I, I think that the Cardinals are... Right now, and, and I thought that Mo was not defensive. He just seems kind of annoyed by the whole thing, although he did take 10 minutes out of his time in what certainly is a blitz of phone calls for him to answer our questions. Let's start with Arenado and your impression of all of that. I was under the assumption for weeks, no chance, not getting traded. In fact, I said it on the air over and over and over again. I think that when somebody in L.A. reports that Arenado is being coveted by the Dodgers, it's like, well, yeah, he's coveted by everybody. But when the Cardinals pick up the phone, which I'm assuming happened here, and took the call, as Bob Nightingale told us, that becomes quote-unquote talks. Yeah, no, I think that you're exactly right. And I would say this, that the any accusation uh, towards John Mosellock is clearly unfair um, because he has no uh, obligation to be talking about any of this, right? And as you and I know, he talks to us every Sunday. Both of us have had him on this program a lot. Uh, I had the program immediately following the whole thing with Wilson Contreras, where is he going to catch? Is he going to play a corner outfield spot? I asked him directly. He answered me directly on those things at that time. So, uh yeah, he has no obligation to just go out there and start speaking things, right? So if he hadn't been asked, then there's no reason that he had to address it. So the fact that he does come on today to address these things, yes. Uh, I also felt like you did with Nolan Arenado. That's not the piece that you would expect this team to be trading because you don't expect this to be some sort of tear down and completely rebuild from the bottom. We've always thought that that was the case, that it was not going to be some sort of complete teardown here, that it was going to be uh, retooling, obviously, and when a team is 14 games under 500, you expect that to happen. But a 28-year-old third baseman who is 
under your control who is going to someday walk into Cooperstown is not going to be the guy you're going to ship out of town. Uh, the Cardinals also, uh, with Mosellock in charge right now, are looking for pitching. He would not talk specifically about Hicks, Montgomery, Flaherty, Stratton, these players who are under contract. He, he's not going to do that, not, and I didn't bring up Helsley either, but we all know who the names are of the players right now that would be in that group that you could shop. Uh, Helsley is under contract for next year, but I think a lot of teams are interested. I asked him about Major League Ready pitchers or prospects who are close. Are you looking for prospects who are close, a combination with Major League Ready pitchers? He said we're not going to pigeonhole ourselves, but we are looking for pitching. <laughs> we're, we're basically, you know, he's, he's asking everybody for pitching, and, and it's become pretty obvious there. Um, I did ask him about how did we get here? And, you know, is it fair to reevaluate analytics? Not, to go, not that they're over-reliant on analytics, although some will argue that they are, but is it worth tweaking that system to say, let's look at a different set of numbers, strikeout rate over ground ball rate, that kind of thing. He said that is a fair question, and I think that they are looking actually at a combination. So they are not going to sway all the way over to punch-out pitchers, but they do want more of them. And I think that... You know, without saying it, he, he basically is telling us that the shift has changed things a little bit. The, the inability to shift has made the ground ball a little more of a problem yeah. for even an elite defense 100%. like the Cardinals. I, I think that is obvious. And, um, you know, I think, like you said, if you if you can increase the strikeouts that come from that pitching staff. And I also like the fact he said they weren't going to be pigeonholed because, to be honest, it's going to rely a lot on what can you get back for whoever you're dealing, correct? I mean, That's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, um, I appreciate the time very much with uh, John Mosellock. Uh, in our final, and this isn't nearly enough time, but we have about 30 seconds left, Alan Stout uh, has passed away, and he was a wonderful producer for Ballet pregame and post. Not a question about it. Uh, a guy that I met uh, about 15 years ago, he was uh, in my ear as my producer when I was doing SIUE games. He was a student at SIUE. That's how long ago I met him. I was uh, on air on what was then Fox Sports Midwest when he produced his first SIUE Cougar game on Fox Sports Midwest. I have known him for so long, and it, uh, it, is, it is a huge hole, and, and uh, we're going to miss him terribly. I, I think it's well said, and I'm, I'm very sorry about that loss to the entire Bally family. You'll have pregame coming up at 1220, some clips of the Mosaic interview. This is KMOX. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.